James chapter 1, and beginning at verse 1, the scripture says, James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Well then there, trust the Lord will bless his word to our hearts. This morning we're going to consider those words that are found in verses 3 and 4, particularly the idea of the need and work of patience. So my title this morning is Be Patient. But before we begin, let's just ask the Lord to meet with us and take his word to our hearts. Lord, we pray that you'll bless now this time by allowing the Spirit of God to meet with us and to use your word in the way that you mean for it to be used. Lord, it is our prayer that as we are in the word, that our hearts would be opened, that thou would speak much to us even this day concerning the Lord Jesus, concerning how it would be that you would have us to walk with him. Bless us now, meet with us, we pray, all in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen. Well, as my family knows, I come from a family that loves to garden. Now, I would have to say, and probably confess rightly, that I am not nearly the, the gardener that my ancestors are. My grandfather was a particularly gifted gardener um, from the accounts that I've been told. Now, he died before I was born, but I have heard different stories of his successes in the garden and in growing things, finding bees and making beehives out of wayward, high, or wayward swarms and so forth. My uncle's whole yard was a garden, and he grew everything imaginable. It was such a nice garden that the deer invited themselves to dinner very often, much to his irritation. My dad also was a good gardener, and he could do some things with his old-fashioned tools that I could never figure out. For example, he had uh, an old hand scythe that had a long blade about two feet long. It was a long handle with handles on the handle. And he could swing that thing in just a certain motion that would topple a high stand of weeds or grass and lay it as smooth as if you had placed it by hand. I was never able to figure that one out. I tried it a few times, but I would either get the tip of the blade jammed into the dirt or when I would hit the weeds, they would just sort of bend somewhat awkwardly, but they would never budge. So I quickly learned that I was a man made for power tools. Those things that my dad used, I could never make work. But one thing that I have always loved, um, maybe I inherited it, I don't know. I have a love for roses. And I just can't say why. Maybe it's the smell, maybe it's the beauty of the flowers, 
Maybe it's because I like getting stuck by thorns. Whatever the reason, I love roses. Well, I bought a rose bush this spring and planted it. And I did everything that you're supposed to do in planting. I put root starter. I watered it in. I fertilized it a couple of times. But it never sprouted. All my other rose plants bushed and sprouted and have gone off like crazy. But this plant just sat with its sproutless canes sticking upwards. It would not do a thing. And I have gone out day by day, usually on one of my breaks from work, because I work at home, for now nearly two months, if you can imagine, almost two months, without seeing any progress on this rose bush. Just the cut-off canes. In fact, I even scratched the skin on a couple of places on that rose bush to see if it looked alive. And it did show that it was green underneath. So why wasn't it doing anything? Well, I thought the roots may have been damaged. So I applied root stimulator. But nothing worked. And I have to even say this. Um, because the scripture tells us that we are to pray over everything. I even asked the Lord, Lord, help me figure out what to do with this rose bush. Can you make this rose bush grow? Now you may say, well, that's silly. No, 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 I don't think so. Because the Lord allowed there to be a lesson that comes from that. But it just didn't seem that the rose bush was going to respond at all. It was just going to remain stick. So about a week or so ago, two weeks ago, I dug it up. And I replaced it with another bush. Well, then it struck me that since it had green and maybe somehow alive, I just couldn't throw it out. I just couldn't just pitch it with the grass clippings. So I found another spot in our yard that was sort of out of the way, and I planted it again. And I told myself I would just leave it and in a few weeks pull it up if it did nothing. And I have to say the whole time that I was doing all this with this bush, which was not a bush, it was just some sprigs, the whole time something in my mind kept saying, be patient, be patient. Uh, well, I went out to look at my yard Friday evening, and I glanced at that rose bush, and at first it looked no different. Same sprigs, same condition, same brown spots, same green spots, same thorns. Nothing was looking different. But as I bent down, I noticed that on the underside of one of the, of the uh, canes was a sprout. Then I noticed another. And upon further inspection, I saw five sprouts. The rose bush is indeed alive and it looks like it will grow after all so what is the reason i'm telling you this here's my reason that plant is a lesson it was a lesson it's been a sermon to me to be patient be patient and even if you ask the lord for something that is as small as 
can you help me figure out what to do with this rose bush? <laughs> you say, well, that's sort of it's, even as something as small as that. We are to be those who patiently wait for the Lord. Especially in the day in which we live where patience is a very scarce virtue. Today we're amongst a generation that wants what they want and wants it now. And if you don't give it now, then there will be no patience. Now I'm going to tell you the variety of my rose bush. Because I think when you hear the name, you will understand that there is a very applicable lesson to us all. My rose bush is called a peace rose. Now, I'll just let that sink. Perhaps you can see where I might be going. How do we arrive at peace in our hearts? Well, it may well be that the work of God that brings peace is a work that has to be patiently looked for. So, I want us to think on this subject this morning, that patience is a product of faith and has a God-intended effect that is only good for the heart of every saint. So, before we go forward, let's ask the question that must be asked, and that is, what is patience? Well, to most of us, patience is just another w- way of saying you have to wait for something. Well, waiting is a part of patience, but it's not the meaning. Webster says this, that patience is the ability to wait or persevere without losing heart. Well, that's the important part. Without the losing of heart. In other words, patience is a strength. It's a resolve. It's a contentment, all of which does not lose heart. But what does the Bible say about it, and why is it a very important ability to have the Lord helping? Well, I'm going to notice some very simple things about patience. I'm going to notice five things, and I want you to look at them with me. Five things that we can say that patience is or does. The first one is this. Patience reckons. Patience reckons. Well, what does reckon mean? When you reckon on something, or you, it's not a word that we use very often in modern English, but to reckon, what does that mean? Well, it simply means this that you consider something and then make a conclusion. To consider and conclude. It means to consider what the subject is and then conclude a truth about it. Now, in the Bible, it is the idea that we consider something to be absolutely true. Well, there's another word for that, and that's faith. We hold something to be absolutely true. And I will say this to begin. Patience and faith always go together. Patience and faith always go together. As our text says, James 1.3, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4 says, So that we ourselves glory in you in all the churches of God 
for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Patience and faith go together. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. And be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. These two things, patience and faith, are sisters, if you will. One perhaps happens before the other, but one does not happen without the other. Patience and faith. If you believe, you can wait. Perhaps that's the reason why the words of Psalm 62 verse 5 are so uh, poignant. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. I have faith that God is going to do as he says. I have an expectation, therefore I wait upon my God. Now we might have to put it this way. Not just asking what do we conclude and consider to be true, but rather let's say it this way. Who do we consider to be absolutely true? Well, I'll answer that by pointing you to an, an instance. Consider with me Abraham. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying... Surely I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he, meaning Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. What was it, or let's say this way, who was it that Abraham was believing in? So Abraham believed the promise. Yeah, that is true. That was outlining what the details were. But Abraham believed in the character of God. He believed in God. Because he believed in the character of God, then he patiently believed that God would fulfill his promise and bring to him the child that was promised. God was absolutely truthful in Abraham's eyes. So in spite of his old age, in Sarah's old age, he believed that God would bring the child and he patiently waited. So my point revolves around this. There is no such thing as patience. I want, I'm saying, you say, well, this is a, a big statement. Well, there is no such thing as patience without there being a truth that is held in the mind and heart. Unless you believe in the promise of God, and the character of God more than that. You will not have patience to wait for God to bring to pass what he has said. If you don't hold that truth in your mind and your heart. Well, let's put it this way. If you don't hold this promise in your heart. You write things about God, what do you end up doing? Well, that's not a hard question to answer. You end up whining and complaining and storming about. I ask you, is that patience? Is that what God wants? Is that faith in what God says? 
Keeping the promises and word of God in your hearts is the key to being patient. So, what does patience bring? Well, we will come to that. I will ask that question again. What does patience bring? But first, I at this point. Not only does patience reckon, but patience stands. Patience stands. Well, what can that mean? It means this. A man that is truly patient and who really believes needs go no, go no further in his thinking or in his understanding than the truth and promises of God. When you truly are a patient man, you will go no further in your thinking than who God is and what God said. That, that settles the thing for you. Now the world would say, now that's silly and that's narrow-minded. <laughs> you're, you're just completely out of your head to think that all you need to do is think about what God has said. There's so much more. Not at all. When a man knows the truth, the Lord Jesus says, that truth makes him free. He is free from dread and worry. He is free of making false steps. He is free of death and hell. Why would you not just stop your thinking there? Because everything else is false. Or let me put it this way. If you know the truth that 2 plus 2 equals 4, why would you need to contemplate the possibility that 2 plus 2 equals 5? You say, well, it's nonsensical. I know what the truth is. Right. We stand upon the truth. We don't need to send our minds off in all kinds of different directions to contemplate other things that we might have a better picture of what truth is. If we know what God's truth is, we can stand there. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Here I stand, I go no further. What my Savior says is the place where my heart rests. I have patience when I stand on the truth. Well, let me also point this out. That patience looks. Patience looks. It reckons, it stands, and it looks. The patient heart is the heart that is watching for the Lord to do what he has said. I'm watching. The eyes and mind are fixed. Psalm 112, verse 7 says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 123, verse 2 also offers this picture. It says, Behold, as the eyes of the servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until he have mercy upon us. The plain truth is this. If you are patiently expecting... You keep looking. I keep looking at, kept looking at my rose bush. Uh, there were a number of days I thought, boy, I don't know if I'm ever going to see anything. But there it is. There it is. There's a, there's a lesson, a simple lesson there. Keep an expectant eye open for the moving and working of God. Faith leads to patience. Patience causes us to look and wait and expect. Well, the fourth point out is this. Patience rests. Patience rests. 
say that a man who is agitated and worried about his circumstances and the day's needs or troubles is being patient. I would say this, a man who is all worried and stewing and complaining and storming about is a man who is faithless, and I will even say this, it's a man who is selfish. You say, selfish? Yes. He wants his answers and he wants them right now. No waiting, no. What I want is what I need. Oh, there's selfishness in there. There is indeed concern only about yourself. The scripture says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. There's the character of patience. Patience rests. Waiting for the Lord to do what he has said he would do. We look at his promises and are quiet. David says this in Psalm 16. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, all rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. And again in Psalm 107, He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he bringeth them into their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Again, I say this, that the great way that we see patience is quiet resting, not as a mental exercise. Patience is not a mental exercise where you convince yourself everything is going to be this way or that way, and so you just convince yourself that you should just endure. That's not patience. Patience is quiet resting, remembering that we have the Lord working for us. So I come back to the question I said I was going to answer a moment ago, and that is this, and this is our fifth point. So why is it important to have patience? You say you're, pre- you're te- preaching today on a virtue. No, I'm preaching today on the effect of faith in Christ. Why is it important to have patience? So my last point is this. Patience works. Patience works. James 1.4, again, it's our text. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. What's being said there? Simply, patience works. It does something. It produces. It has fruit. Hmm. James 5, verse 7. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Waiting for the fruit, or in my case, waiting There's the picture. Patience works. Our text says that the Lord allows faith to be tried. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, Peter says. Our text says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Both of the ideas is this. Knowing that the, this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God allows faith to be tried, meaning that we have to believe and trust God to work in our circumstance. 
and in our heart, that trial then brings us to patience. Faith tried brings us something that the Lord is very pleased with. It brings a quiet and restful ability to keep our eyes fastened on the Lord. Faith allows us to be in the place of patience. Further, faith allows us to be in that place where all questioning of God is able to be put away. When a man is patient, the questioning of God is put away. How many times do we find ourselves asking, will God help me? Oh, I just don't know. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The trying of faith brings us to the place where we are able to rest assured in the faithfulness of God. Or as Romans 5 and 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Well, you say, you're talking about faith, not patience. You're saying what faith works. Yes, I'm just setting that as a background, because now we step to the next point, and that is what faith produces patience for. Romans chapter 5, verse 4 says, Tribulation works with patience, and patience experience and experience hope. Here's the point then. Patience. When I quietly rest and look for the Lord, that I will see him work for me, that experience of God working in my situation brings the knowledge that I have been through a trial and the Lord will up, and the Lord has upheld me, and he will do so again. That's what Paul is saying. When you are in patience, it works experience. You've gone through this issue, you've gone through this time, you've gone through this trial or heartache or tribulation. That causes you to realize again then, when the next one comes, I can with patience endure that as well. Patience works experience so that I can go through things again. But here's the other point that I want to present. That experience brings hope. Now hope is something that we misunderstand, the word hope. I think sometimes we just think that hope means wishful thinking. Hope is not a doubtful wishing that something will turn out a certain way. That's the world's definition. May I put it to you this way, that hope is an assurance. Hope is an assurance that enables us to do, to stand up for the Lord, and to do what He calls us to do. Hope is an assurance. Faith works patience. Patience resting quietly, looking for God, works experience. Those experiences works hope, which is the assurance that God will continue to be truthful, God will continue to work, God will continue to uphold. Or as Paul says in Romans 5, verse 5, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Patience works to bring us... Well, I'm going to use my rose bush again. Pace, 
patience works to bring us to peace and rest. It works beyond that, though. It brings us to do and stand for godliness. It enables us to serve the Lord and enables us to have an assurance of the things that Christ has said he will do to us and be for us. Patience. My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. So you say, preacher, that you're telling us that we're to have patience. No, I'm not. I'm not telling you to have patience. I'm telling you to have faith. And so have patience. And so be patient. If you have faith, you will be patient. I'm not telling you that. That's, that's a, uh, an idea that the world has conjured up. Have patience. No. Have faith. Or as the Lord Jesus told his disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. The effect of that is that you'll find the patient waiting and resting of your soul, which will enable you to go through this circumstance so that you'll have experience for the next And as you're going through those, you find that there's a calm and quiet and sure assurance that God will do as he said in all things. I think that's one reason why James puts this subject at the very beginning of his epistle. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, knowing this is a primary thing. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. That you might be in that place of assurance. Not wanting. Like those who are doubtful. And miserable. Well may the Lord add his own blessing to his word today. For Jesus sake. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, now we pray that you will bless this word. We pray that you will allow it to be that which remains in our hearts and does its its expected end within us. Lord, we ask that you will bless us with further, further thoughts of the faithfulness of our God. Go with us from this place. Keep us in thy fear, O God, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen.